0: Praise the Lord, everybody. Is he worthy to be praised? Amen. He's such a good God, and he loves us so much. You know, this year, like Margaret was saying, this year has been a challenge for all of us. But to be honest with you, I was thinking about it. I have really gotten to know the Lord more as my father this year. Because, you know... I went through some things. I, I, at my last time I spoke, I went through some things. But every time I went to him, he delivered me. Every single time. So when we're going through tribulation, the Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous. But he delivers them from them all. The Father loves us. He loves us so much. From the beginning of time... He wanted to be a father to us. Just like the scripture Margaret read, he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. That's before the foundation of the world, before he spoke and said, light be. He was thinking about us. That's how much he loves us. That we should be holy and without blame before him in love. We're holy and without blame before him in love. And having predestined us to the adoption as sons. Now think about that word adoption. Don't you think children that are adopted are very fortunate? They don't have any parents. Or something happened to their parents. Or their parents don't want them. But guess who wants us? He adopted us into his kingdom. He adopted us into his family. He is all about family. That's why it's so important for him, for us, to reach out to our family. I mean, it's really easy sometimes when somebody tells us something and I'm like, oh, I'm too busy, I can't really go help them, you know. But like this lady here, stand up, Margaret. She doesn't know I'm going to do this. But I have to tell you, this woman, she's an example to the Lord. She will do, I mean, if you ask her to do something, she won't say no. I mean, unless she's sick or something like that. Unless she doesn't have a car. Her car broke down. But anyway, she loves people and she has committed herself. And I'm sure a lot of you here are the same. Committed yourself to um, serve others. And that's what I've seen in her. I don't know how many years you've been here. How many years at our church? Fifteen. She loves kids. She loves children. Okay, so let's talk about, you say, well, why is God into families? Well, just look at the Bible. Noah, he was a righteous man. God could have just saved him, but he saved his whole family, right? Right? Saved his whole family. Lot, God spared Lot, even though he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. And, and, and I think it was the angel that said, do you have any family here with you? God cares about us. He cares about our whole family. Joseph, remember what his family did to him, his brothers, and he fed them in the famine. God told him, feed your family in the famine, because he loved them. Rahab, she saved herself and her whole family. Esther, Esther, one night with the king, and she saved her whole nation, her family and her nation. God cares about us. And then the disciples, there were three uh, brothers in the disciples, Peter and Andrew, James and John, and James and Thaddeus. They were actual blood brothers, and they were, in, they were part of the disciples. So Jesus cares about family. He probably knew, oh, they can't live without each other, so let's bring them on together. You know, let's bring them on together. So this is your encouragement today. If you have unsaved family members or family members that are hurting uh, family members that are in addiction, family members that are depressed, family members that they're living on the streets. I have a family member that's living on the streets. It's, um, it's really hard, but God is wanting them to get saved and is committed to your prayers because it is his will. It's his will for them to be saved. He wishes above all things That we would be in health, that we would be saved. He wishes that for all of us, for all of our families. And I think about Hazel and her son. She was believing for him for a long time. He was blind, and he's been healed. Isn't that wonderful? I mean, if you could see her when I found out her heart, she loves her son. And can you imagine your child not being able to see? But God loves family. He loves Hazel. What's your son's name? He loves Vincent. And it took them a long time to get all these processes done, but the Lord helped him receive his healing again. So what do we have to do? If we have family and we love our family, What do we have to do? We have to fight for our family. We have to fight. I was thinking about it this year. I was like, you know, I love my family. I see them at Christmas and sometimes throughout the year, but do I really pray for them like I should? And my heart's desire, I was telling a few of you, is to see my family all together talking about the Word of God, about the Father, about the Son, about the Holy Spirit, about the Bible, about the Word of God. That's my desire, not to go and have a party and have to talk about whatever they want to talk about. I mean, yeah, it's good to get together and find out about their lives and everything, but we want to be in one, one spirit with our family. So we don't have to look at our past and say, well, look what I did or... I didn't do this, or I didn't... No, God doesn't care about that. He cares about what are you doing now. Are you praying for your family? Are you fighting for your family? Because Satan will do anything in his power to keep our family members' hearts blind of the truth. The enemy wants our kids to be blind. As a matter of fact, the enemy does not even want people to know that he exists And a lot of people don't believe that the enemy exists, that Satan exists, but he does exist. There's a lot of people out there that don't even believe in hell. Well, they're going to have something coming to them unless they get saved because they will go into eternity in hell, and that will not be any fun at all. So he wants to tear down the walls of spiritual protection. Because we here, we are the light. Jesus is in us. We are the light. The enemy does not, you know how when you talk to your family, you go, oh, well, praise the Lord, da-da-da-da-da. Oh, you know, the Lord did this and da-da-da. And they're like, oh, really? (laughs) And they turn around and go the other way. (laughs) But you know, it's okay. We're planting seed. We're planting seed. And it's so good to plant seed because I know my husband and I, we've seen fruit from that seed, Um, so we must be concerned for what the future holds for our children, our families, and our friends, like Margaret said. Some of my friends are very close to me, and I care about their future, so we must stand up and fight like a boxer. I don't know how to box very well. (laughs) someone want to come? Oh, Raina's a good boxer. <laughs> she, could probably, <laughs> she could probably beat me. But anyway, a boxer, you know, we can no longer sit on the side of the ring. We have to get in. we got to put on our gloves. we got to get ready to fight. we got to roll up our sleeves and say, you know what? I'm not going to be lazy anymore. I'm going to be concerned about my family, and I am going to pray, and I'm going to do the things I need to do. And you know what? We have God's power on the inside of us. The word power in the Bible, like the Bible says, behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. It means dunamis power, strength, ability. The root word in the English is dynamite, dynamo. That's the power we have in us. Jesus lives on the inside of us, and his life is in us, okay? His life, the same life that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is in us, but we don't realize it half the time. Do we realize it? If we realized it, that's why it's so important to meditate on the word and learn these things so when things come at us, we can use the power of God within us to overcome. We can't overcome in the natural, you can't overcome the problems your family has in the natural. It has to be done in the spirit. So let's go to Nehemiah four fourteen. Can I ask a question? Somebody posed this question to me. I don't know if it was my husband or what why don't people bring their Bibles to church anymore? Yeah, because we have the screen now. But you know what, ladies? It's really important. I'm starting to bring my Bible again. You know, I know we have our phones. But you know, when you, when you go through your Bible, you know where the scriptures are. When you look on your phone, you don't know where the scriptures are in the Bible. I'm just saying, I'm just encouraging you. Start bringing your Bibles again to church. It's really important. Yeah. So, Nehemiah 414. I don't have it up here. So... You want to look it up. Then, as I looked over the situation, I called together the leaders and all the people and said to them, This is Nehemiah, don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious, and go fight for your friends, your families, your sons, your daughters, your husbands and wives, brothers and sisters, even your in-laws and your homes. Don't be afraid of the enemy. When the enemy tells you, Oh, your brother's never gonna get saved. Oh, your sister, she thinks you're stupid because you're a Christian. Your whole family talks behind your back because you're a Christian. <laughs> we'll pray for them, right? But that's what the enemy tries to <laughs> that's what the enemy tries to do with this. So let's look at the USA. Let's look at the situation. What's going on in the United States? Half of all marriages, you've heard this before, end in divorce, including Christian families. Half of them end in divorce. According to Focus on the Family, children see violence, rape, adultery, burglary, drug use, and vulgar language on prime time on a regular basis. So parents, make sure you watch what your kids are watching because they can get it on YouTube too. Having a good childhood, they're becoming adults younger and younger with all this stuff going on. In the schools, them trying to teach them about sex when they're in kindergarten that's what they're trying to do now. If you're a parent, you better stay alert and watch what they're doing. If you're a grandparent, if you're a parent, watch what's going on in those schools because now someone was telling me, I think it was Rosie. Rosie was telling me, did you tell me this? They want to take lunch times now and teach our kids about the gay agenda. That it's okay, men to be with men, women to be with women. We love, I love gay people, but it's not scriptural. I'm sorry, it's not. And if you don't believe that and you want to talk about that, I don't have a time, problem talking about it, Okay. But we have to watch out for our kids, that they make it to heaven, to eternal life, that they're not listening to the world, they're listening to godly people. Okay, teen pregnancy is still an epidemic. The Family Planning Institute, approximately 750,000 American teens get pregnant every single year. And guess what? Only 400,000 have children. So what happens to those other 350,000. Abortion. Um, Abortions per hour are 98 in America. One abortion every 37 seconds. This is by the Guttmacher Institute. U.S. abortions in 2017, I guess that's the last time they took a tally. 862,320. And over the past 45 years, 61.8 million abortions. Okay? So, whichever way you go, the Bible, it spells it out clearly. So, it's really sad. And then teen suicide still happens, and the, the average age of that is 15. And then alcohol-related deaths in the U.S. is 95,000 annually. Okay? So, you see how our country is? I mean, I'm not trying to bring the negative in. I'm just saying. We've got to focus on... Our country's going to pot, and we can do something about it. Even this 35 women here, we can do something about it. We think it's so big. Well, the president's so big, and this and that. Yeah, he is. But look what's happening right now. They're having a case in the Supreme Court to turn Roe versus Wade. We need to be praying for that, that it turns around. In the name of Jesus, that's right. So, fighting for our families, we have to be guardians. We have to be guardians for our family. We have to care for them. We have to protect them, guard over them. And, you know, some of our family, they don't want us to protect them. But we can. We can. And it's through prayer. Um, Pastor Chuck's going to come up and give a quick testimony. Um about someone that we reached out to in our family that had a wonderful outcome. Amen.